there. Welcome to Interviews on Between the Pieces, where Tank and DPS go to protospiels, other conventions, and talk to prototype designers and figure out where they are with their works in progress. Alrighty, so we're at Protospiel Online in October again. We are talking to Andrew, who's a designer at the convention. Say hi, Andrew. Hey, this is Andrew. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I am Andrew Kuplick. I am a board game designer and publisher. I have published my first game, Magical Unicorn Quest, earlier this year. And I'm currently designing my second game, which is called Dirty Business, a game that is a pressure luck game about uh, exclusion in society and business organizations trying to make as much profit as possible. And mm. so we'll think our first game is selling on our website and on Amazon.com. Oh, cool. And the second game is in the middle of uh, playtesting right now. Kind of in the middle of it. We're still finalizing some of the details of it. And then they'll probably be going to the artwork stage. Um, and I got an artist lined up for that. Nice. And then from there, I'll be self-publishing that again. And Ideally launching on a Kickstarter in sometime in 2021. Nice. So I guess the convention's been going pretty good for you with your playtesting then? Yeah, it has been. I've done some playtesting with this and given a lot of good feedback. Uh, the mechanisms in the game are working out really well. The game flow is working well. Uh, it plays a little long, and I'm having a hard time determining if that is just issues with Kickstarter, or not Kickstarter, issues with Tabletop Simulator. Or if it's the game is needs to be trimmed down a bit. We've pretty much always found that playing on Tabletop Simulator almost doubles the length of time it takes to play a game. That's what I'm finding too. Um, and so it's very hard to like judge and get like this is the best moment of the game, this is the high point, the mm -hmm. points everyone likes, because it might take too long to get there or that point is just drawn out. And so... Um, when you're trying to like maximize enjoyment and fun and mechanisms within the game, um, it can get hard playing on tabletop simulator versus in-person conventions. Mm -hmm. Well, you've mentioned a little bit about this game, but we haven't really dove into it yet. Can, like uh, elevator pitch us. What's the hook of your game? So the hook of Dirty Business is basically you're a young entrepreneur and you are trying to build as much wealth for yourself as possible. But everything you do is creating inclusion in the environment. So if you're trying to create products via raw materials, so you basically take raw materials, you convert them to a refinery, and then you have an end product. And everything along the way creates pollution. And so what ends up happening is the world will end up being destroyed if you don't stop your production and all your pollution. And so that's kind of the hook of the game. So it's a pressure luck style game where you're trying to create as much wealth as possible before you destroy the world. And Sounds like that's a lose-lose no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> it has kind of a dark humor to it, um, but it is still a lot of fun. And the game itself is not a environmental game. It's not like you. I'm trying to push any sort of thoughts or processes into people. Mm -hmm. It's more to take reality as it is. Mm -hmm. And to say, hey, yeah, you are running a podcast right now, which is using electricity, which is powered by a power plant that's polluting the atmosphere. Yeah, we're um, not currently solar powered, so. Right. And, and so it's one of those where that's just the nature of the business. 
Um, but is it wrong? No, it's more just how it is. So it's more just say, this is how business is. But if too many people do it, or if too many startup nations start acting like a first world country, then you'll have massive pollution, which can have big downsides to the world, or rainforests get destroyed and things like that. So it kind of covers a little bit of all that um, within the game. And it's kind of a, um, it, it, it's a lot of fun to play. It's a, it's a very fun game. Very um, cool. So how long have you so, been working on the, um, the Dirty Business game that you're trying to play Yeah, here? so Dirty Business, I've been working on that for about six months now. Okay. Um, so it's, it's gone through various revisions, various play tests. Um, I got a Discord channel out there that I've been doing a bunch of play tests with as well. And so it's, it's been quite nice that I've been able to find people and play the game with. And so it's been getting a lot of really good feedback, a lot of changes, and has some good ideas for various expansions um, within the game as well. So it, that makes it very uh, appealing to both Kickstarters and tests um, that are looking to pick up another game. Oh yeah, if you plan on doing a Kickstarter, you need all the tidbits, add-ons, upgrades, and everything. Right, yep, yep. And so that has all of it. It has um, the ability for expansions, it has the ability for a lot of different ways that the game can go. And so uh, once I start getting that artwork in, I can really start building up the Kickstarter page. Um, right now I have a bunch of in-place artwork that looks nice, um, but it's not the final version. So. Yeah. Temporary artwork's good, but having a cohesive art style for the entire game is always really nice. Yeah. yeah. So... Obviously, this game came from somewhere. What what inspired you into this game? Um, kind of the current culture back where it's kind of like you have in the news where forest fires are here, Antarctica is melting, and I'm like, why don't I just make a game about this? Um, why it's it's in the news everywhere. People are talking about it, and it's kind of a hot topic that I can create a game about and provide some education about the issues and the reason why these issues occur and to say that really no one's at fault, but yet everyone is at fault in a sense mm -hmm. where everything you do. We're a terrible group project. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, no one, if you're just playing by yourself, one player is, not a big issue but once you start getting two or three players into the game so it's two to four players and um it's one of those where you start realizing hey this person's doing all the pollution i'm trying to run some wind farms and solar and this person's over here at a big coal power plant and i can't really do my thing because he's doing that and so you interact with each other from that aspect where like one person is trying to do all clean energy, trying to save the world, trying to maximize their turns. Another person is doing the complete opposite, mm -hmm. but yet if that other person is doing the complete opposite, it still affects you. And so, so it has a really good dynamic from that perspective. Yeah. So what hurdles have you encountered besides, you know, playing on tabletop simulator with the game that you've overcome and what, what were they? Well, a lot of the hurdles, 
actually just basically trying to find the biggest hurdle, find a name for the game. Because like if I do anything on the environmental side, like environmentalist or I side of like pollution solution or anything like that, it sounds like it's a pollution game that I'm just trying to cram like educational facts down your throat and not entertaining. It's just You wanna go more you know, Lorax. <laughs> right. I want yes, precisely. I want to go more of the Lorax style. And then if I did the opposite where it's like capitalism or profit at all costs or anything like that, then it sounds like I'm pushing the other agenda and I'm trying to do something more in the middle, like the Laura said, where it's just like, this is how it is. And Call it money and trees. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. So I know when we're going through the research process of games and trying to make the game make sense because that thematic looping matters, you come across interesting tidbits and fun facts along the way. Can you tell us anything that you learned through designing this game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's just kind of doing a little bit of research as to like, what are the consequences of pollution? I mean, you always hear what they are, but like, how bad is it? How bad will that really come? What is the outcome? And I mean, a lot of the outcomes are hundred years out is mm -hmm. kind of what they're projecting. It's one of those where it's the, our kids' generations, um, well, I guess depending on how old you are, your generation as well. And um, kind of just how all that plays out. It's one of those where it takes years for the pollution to build up within the atmosphere and it takes years for it to come back down. So what we're doing now has more effect 10 years from now than what you're seeing currently. And I think that's a lot of that's missed in the media and the news is that, yeah, we're polluting now at record pace, but it really doesn't matter now. It matters in 10 years because of the accumulation and how the effects are from it. Nobody thinks about future selves. They only think about the now self. Correct. Yeah. All right. So... For somebody who's done Kickstarters, who's published a game, who has games selling on Amazon of all places, which must be super fun, what advice would you give someone just starting off, like looking at, you know, trying to be their own publisher designer? Um, make sure <laughs> there is a hundred things I would recommend, and that could be an entire podcast in itself, just everything you should do around Kickstarter. Um, Talk to everyone, get out there, um, hustle. It's, it's one of those where people don't come to you. If you want to get to a press, you want to get to a publisher, having a Facebook page and an Instagram page doesn't really get you anywhere. I mean, you really have to be knocking on their doors, sending them emails, constantly talking to them, and really market yourself. That's, that's the biggest thing is don't be afraid to talk to someone. Don't be afraid to go out there and try and meet someone new. Just start talking, start working, start making connections. And once you start making a couple connections with a couple people, they might open up. They might be able to push you in correct directions, find you a publisher, and 
things just start falling together. And next thing you know, you're actually have a game. It's published. You got the artwork. I'm not an artist myself. I didn't do any of the artwork. So it's like, how do I find the artist? How do I get this? How do I get the manufacturer? And once you start talking to people, the game community is actually a all the lot of people that want to see you succeed, which is actually kind of interesting. So it's all small independent people for the most part trying to make their own name. But yet at the same time, they're all willing to help you out. You just have to ask for it. It is an incredible society that we have. Yeah. It is. It's filled with so many great people. And I just love the people in the board game community because they all just want to help you succeed. And just by that, you can succeed. Um, but you have to try. It doesn't just come to you. You do really have to um, be willing to reach out to people who've never met before. Oh, yeah. And once convention season starts back up, I don't know how many people we've just randomly run into when we're at conventions just because we sat down for lunch at a specific table or whatever. Yeah, we've, we've, had, right. pitches, we've had pitches come out of that, and some more profitable than others. But, I mean, you never know who's sitting next to you. You literally never do. You can't tell. That is true. And that is one thing I really do miss right now is like with my first game that I published, it's like I published it right at the start of the pandemic. And I'm just like, how do I find people? Like, how do I actually talk to them? I can't just go to a convention and literally just walk down, publish a row and press row, hand them all a copy of the game and be like, let's have a conversation. Let's set something up. Um, so it's a lot of email, it's a lot of phone calls, it's a lot of reaching out to people to try to make a name for yourself. Well, as a last minute, you know, anything you want to plug, tell people about, promote, anything like that that you have coming up? So just the Magical Unicorn Quest, uh, go check us out on plainpointgames.com. You can order a copy there, or you can order a copy on Amazon uh, Prime Day is coming up, and I'm going to be doing a discount for that. So Ooh. check it out. Nice. All right. right. Awesome. Um, links for that will be in the description of the podcast, so yep. you can go ahead and check that out there. Thank you very much for talking to us, Andrew. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to interviews on Between the Pieces with Tank and DPS. See you next time. <laughs>